We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool. Only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we break down all the latest play-by-plays for the 2016 All-Star Game. Benny, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling a lot better than the East is after the All-Star Game, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so, actually, we're just kidding here. We know that there's really not much value to be derived from the actual All-Star game. So uh, what you can do here is check our fantasy analysis. We're going to talk a lot of trade talk, trade uh, deadline coming up this Thursday. So we're going to get uh, hot and heavy into the latest uh, potential deals, players that moves, and, and how that will work out for fantasy impacts. We'll have a lot about talk that. We'll talk maybe some second half here, uh, second half predictions, players that we're going to sort of keep tabs on uh, there as well and cover all the latest uh, fantasy basketball news uh, throughout this show so make sure you check all that out you can check benny out on twitter at benny r 11 and over at roto curve roto wire and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook and you can also follow me on twitter at josh hayes fs and find me hosting the fantasy hoops insider podcast over at the fantasy hoops insider.com don't forget you can check out this very uh same fantasy basketball podcast for roto wire available five days a week on itunes and stitcher so if you get a chance to rate review please go ahead and do so don't forget to share and subscribe all right benny let's go ahead and kick it off here with the uh, latest trade notes i know that you've been doing some um some recent airtime and some work on the latest trade information. So we're going to go ahead and switch roles. I'm going to go to shift it over to you. And you talk about some of the fa- uh, your, your favorite trade rumors and trade prospects that could be bubbling up here uh, coming up on the trade deadline this week. And uh, we'll talk about what we think of those uh, in terms of likely to, likelihood of happening and the uh, potential fantasy impact. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys whose names are on the trade block, and we'll get into them. But, you know, let's start off with the big one that's out there and the big rumor that you know, seem to be gaining a little bit of steam and then, you know, might be getting squashed now. But Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Carmelo Anthony from the New York Knicks, and Boston because they have David Lee's expiring contract and a ton of draft picks. Now, the talk is that there is a three-team trade in the works that would send Melo to Cleveland Mm -hmm. to play with LeBron, and he would be perfectly okay waiving his no-trade clause for that. Kevin Love would wind up in Boston, so, you know, Danny Ainge would get his, you know, big stud scorer and, uh, you know, an improvement on the, you know, low blocks, which has been a a place that Boston has struggled because we know we all like their guards. You know, we like Isaiah Thomas. We like Avery Bradley. We like um, Marcus Smart. You know, even even Evan Turner in there. Those guys have been doing well this, you know, so far this year. So where Boston really needs the help is down low. So Kevin Love would be, you know, the guy that they would get. And then we know that Boston has been stockpiling draft picks. They have a ton of them coming up in the next couple drafts. So they're, they're one of the few teams that is in a position where, you know, they have assets that people want that they can trade. And the Knicks, because they made a couple dumb moves and traded away all their draft picks, you know, they're actually looking for draft picks. So the thought is that the Knicks would be willing to take draft picks from uh, Boston, maybe even David Lee's aspiring contract as well, you know, to, to make up the money difference with Melo going. Um you know, and those draft picks would come over to the Knicks, picks that we know Boston has a ton of, so they wouldn't mind getting rid of some. And, you know, the argument is that they'd probably be getting a better player in Kevin Love than, you know, they would be getting with some of those draft picks. So, first off, what do you think of the, you know, trade and how it works out for all three teams? And then also, what do you think of the probability or or more likely, you know, is this something that could actually happen or you could see happening or is this kind of a pipe dream trade that's been talked about? I think it's a pipe dream trade for one reason and one reason only is because Melo leaving New York uh, and like the trade you know, pieces that they sort of would get in return doesn't give you that like home run superstar option in, in my mind that sort of cements – uh, you know w- what they're trying to do. They're, they want to anchor with Melo and build with with uh, Porzingis. I mean, what, what's your take on the on the New York? The New York side of this is the piece that I have a problem with uh, overall. I, I can see Kim Love has been angling for 
um, Kevin uh, Boston has been angling for Kevin Love for quite some time now, and Melo mm-hmm. makes sense with LeBron. I don't know if it's actually a good fit because you know they don't necessarily need more scoring uh, on that team. Maybe they need more scoring, you know, if they want to you know match shot for shot with with Golden State. So I guess that that's potentially debatable. Uh, but you know, the, the third team and and how this you know sort of just. Uh, takes New York in a completely different direction in my mind is is uh, is the separate issue here. What's what's your thoughts on 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 the third piece of that leg? Yeah, now here's I mean, I think you and I would both agree that the Knicks are you know, obviously in a better spot than they were last year, but mm-hmm. they're not close to being a championship team. They're not like one player away. Like even in my opinion, even if you take LeBron and put him on the Knicks right now, you know, obviously for Melo I, I don't think it really makes them a championship team. I think that they need a lot of pieces. I think that they're, you know, basically in a mess with the salary cap right now for the moment. I think that they're basically in a mess having given up a lot of their draft picks. So if you can't get some other players in there to surround Porzingis with, how are you ever going to attract a free agent to come in there and play? And also with Porzingis and Melo, how can you even afford another free agent? So I think that this actually serves a lot of purposes for the Knicks, which is why I, I don't think it's all that crazy. They need the draft picks, so that'll be good. Getting rid of Melo, um, you know, even if they have to take back a David Lee, David Lee's got a $15 million contract he's in the last year of. You know, so that money comes off the books. That opens up, you know, basically money for them to go out and sign some of these free agents that are available. And it's going to be tough to get people to come in there when – you know, they got a nice nucleus of a couple young players that we like. You know, you and I both like Jerry and Grant. We think Langston Galloway is a decent player. You know, Porzingis is definitely a good player. But what else do they really have around all those guys? There's not much there. So if you can get a couple draft picks and free up some cash to sign some guys in the offseason, you know, kind of build the team a little more the way you want to instead of, you know, paying Melo all this money and then, just going and picking up random guys, which seems to be like what they've been doing over the last couple of years. You know, like Jose Calderon was not like a huge, you know, top of the, you know, heap point guard option when they went and got him. You know, Robin Lopez, these these are guys that are just like pieces that you're giving some money to to fill out your roster. You know, they need to go get some some good players in there. So whether that is through free agency or whether they try to get some guys in the draft, I think they're a couple years away from you know, winning. And I think that when they do finally get good and start winning, it's going to be centered around Porzingis. And what are you going to have, a 35-year-old Carmelo Anthony at that point in time? So, you know, I think it does kind of make sense for everybody, which is why I said I don't think Melo would even mind waiving his no-trade clause. You know, there's talk that he doesn't want to leave because he does have kids and they're in school. And, you know, as a father, you and I understand that that side of it for it all. But from a basketball angle, I think it makes sense for all three teams. Yeah, I think you can make some sense there, but you know, it's also going to be a tough sell having Melo leave New York. You know what I mean? And and so, and and what that sort of says. People in New York are sort of like they get they see Porzingis and what they and uh, what's happening here. They think they're like one piece away. You know, or like just get one more guy, one more player, and sort of for them to scrap that and take. The, the face of the franchise off of that, that roster right now and sort of go in a different direction, I think is what may end up being tough for, uh, for them uh, overall. So um, very tough for, for them to sort of pull that off though. But I think overall, like in, in terms of like matching up with the golden state warriors, Carmel Anthony might be a better um, like yeah, uh, overall option, um, you know, for the, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, than maybe Kevin Love potentially is. So yeah, We'll we'll see how that ends up shaking out. Uh, what else you got for us? Okay, um, 
Dwight Howard seems to have worn out his welcome down there in uh, in Houston, and he's on the block right now, along with uh, you know other guys whose names have been thrown around have been Trevor Ariza and Corey Brewer too. So one of the places that it's talked about him having a landing spot is over in Atlanta. Um, he's actually from that area. Um, I remember actually watching him play AAU when he was in high school, um, played on like one of the best AAU teams I've ever seen down there in Atlanta. Um, but the talk is that maybe somehow Houston works out a deal. Houston seems to be looking to put uh, Al Horford on the block. And also, you know, Jeff Teague is being talked about by about 15 different teams in the league right now. So one of the rumors being thrown around is, you know, Dwight Howard and some combination of maybe Ariza or Brewer for uh, Al Horford and Jeff Teague. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how... I know. I think that Jeff Teague gets moved. I don't know if Jeff Teague, like on the Rockets, isn't necessarily a player that makes makes sense for me personally. But you know, because I think Patrick Beverly in that spot after, makes a bunch of sense. What what I think where, where you could see something like this happen is is like a player more like Al Horford who can play the four or is a more of a legitimate score and gives or gives you like a, a legitimately you know viable All Star level talent. Um, at that position is a little bit more of a fit because I the, Patrick Beverly fits well alongside James Harden because you can't put two ball dominators in that backcourt. You know I just don't think it works mm-hmm. for for that team construction uh, mm-hmm. overall because you know if it did then you could give then Ty Lawson would make sense on that roster and he doesn't. So you know sometimes you when you have a team like James Harden who's who's playing point shooting guard uh, you have to sort of take that into all and consider which and why I don't think Jeff T necessarily makes sense to. To, to that exact team, I think he makes more sense to a team like Utah that's point guard starved, and you know has another and their their normal point guard Dante Exum looked you know green as heck last year, didn't look anywhere near to be uh, uh, ready to be ready, and has basically redshirted his sophomore season because of the ACL. So you know there's a, that's a team that has enough defensive presence to make a, some noise in the playoffs, but re- is really lacking at point guard. So I, if I had to predict, I think Jeff Teague would be a much more likely fit in a place like Utah or New York. Now, there was a Teague rumor that seemed to be picking up a lot of steam as well. Teague to Orlando for Oladipo. Now, for me, that didn't make all that much sense for Orlando to do with them already having, uh, you know, Alf Payton and saying that he was one of the few guys who there, you know, who was untouchable for the trade. You know, I think they'll wind up with the same problem down there with Teague and Payton as they ha- as Atlanta has right now with Teague and Schroeder. Yeah, so I think that you know Victor Oladipo is a young player in this league, and Jeff Teague is 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 not an old player by chance, but it, it, there's all the upside with Oladipo in this lineup. This is a guy who's you know been a, a top thirty you know uh, Team USA camp invite, and he's had a pretty rough season to start, but picked it up as of late. So I just think if you were taking a look at these guys, we've seen the best that we I think we're going to see out of Jeff Teague personally. And I think he's had his chance to play thirty five plus minutes and do everything that he can with the basketball, and you know. Uh, and produced at a high at a high level, he's just not an all star caliber player. I think the upside for Victor Oladipo is all star caliber play, and you just can't let that come off of your roster, especially when they drafted Alfred Payton, who I don't think you really need to mail in or give it up on here, give it up in uh, year two. He doesn't need to give up that haircut. Um, that's that's a, that's that's a separate issue. But um, you know, we could see like I think he would shave like three tenths off that forty time if he just went to a buzz cut personally. But um, that's neither here nor there. So I, I'm going to have to say Ixnay on the Jeff Teague A to Orlando. Yeah, I um, like I said, that one doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Uh, there's a couple guys, couple. <laughs> I 
I don't know what's going on. My kids I think are there's a, today because they're they're all for uh, President's Day. And a I don't even a car just that. crashed through Betty's kitchen, and he's like, "Let's continue with the show." <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, here's a here's a couple other guys that I'll throw out there that um you know there's talk about them being on the block. Uh, Ryan Anderson is one of those guys from New Orleans. Um, here, let me throw out the names and you tell me what you think about some of these guys. Uh, you know, I know you'll be happy about this one. Apparently, it seems Ricky Rubio might be on the trading block. Yes. So please. I guess they're, um, you somebody. know, getting ready to let the Zach Levine era begin. Yes. Somebody take that that guy off of that roster so we can see the mini Westbrook in action. So if you haven't joined Team Levine just yet, you've seen this guy windmilling from the free throw line. You know, know that there's just too much athletic talent for this guy to be playing second fiddle to Ricky Rubio and his all-time you know terrible shooting percentage from the point guard position so yeah yep. uh, all you have to do is find a terrible team that wants him so um and there's a couple out there he would be he would fit in right there with uh, with philadelphia with you know as a, a team that um you know doesn't have a clue what they're doing in terms of uh you know putting players out there i think actually it was probably a good acquisition to get ish smith but you know you know, oh, they've, yeah. they've never been opposed to doing some ridiculous stuff like draft KJ McDaniel's and trade him for nothing in the middle, in the beginning in the middle of his rookie year. So uh, yeah, I, I think that just you find a team that's desperate enough for some talent. Ricky Rubio has some talent, just not enough to be on any of my teams as an NBA owner. If I was one, so yeah, I would love to see him come off that roster and unleash the Levine. Now, here's, there's some interesting names being thrown about in Chicago as well. Uh, both Pau Gasol and Taj Gibson are in the last year of expiring contracts. Um, and it seems neither one of them is, is very likely to come back next season. So apparently the Bulls have both of them on the trading block right now. I can see them giving up Gibson a lot easier than I can see them giving up Gasol. But Gasol would probably bring back a much better return if they were able to trade him. But wouldn't that kind of be like them waving the, waving the white flag right now at this point? Uh, yeah, kind of. You know what, though? I, 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 t- to me personally, I, the, the Bulls are in one of the worst positions because they're going to miss Jimmy Butler for at least two more weeks. They've got Derrick Rose, who they can't get rid of because he's got another full year on his contract and nobody wants to touch him. Okay, and they have like the worst composed roster composition. By the way, Nico Meritich is still out of the lineup there as well with an injury that he can't even solve. Doctors can't help him with. So he's got continual, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pain issues and problems. So they're banged up to all heck. No joking, knows out for the season. There really isn't much for them to play for. In all honesty, there's just thinking about them competitively. But they've won too many games this season for them to be like, well, we're gonna go into punt mode, you know. But if it was me, I would bite the bullet right now if I was the Bulls GM or the owner and say, listen, this is not the team that Fred Hoiberg, you know, like ran down people's throats in college. This team is not built to run and gun. Okay, Derek Rose actually that fits his profile pretty well, believe it or not. But I just don't think mm-hmm. he's gonna um, be a guy who can be on this roster. But if you were ever going to get some value out of him, you might as well shift the offense into that the, that mode. You know, first of all, second of all, um, there are players who would actually do uh, quite well in this on the, in this uh, in this system. And you know, you can give those guys a shot, like Bobby Portis, who is an athletic four, Jimmy Butler when he gets back into the lineup. You know, I don't think that I would be, wouldn't be opposed to having Doug McDermott run and gun and you know, shoot threes off the dribble like uh, Kyle Korver did in 2014. So, but all you have to do is start trying to acquire those players who fit that mold of play more now, and you have a really big tra- trade piece in Pau Gasol who absolutely does not fit that mold. So, if they wanted to go in that direction, they could. Uh, but it's sort of like waving the white flag to your fans, and you know, you want to see some playoff tickets 
sales go down the drain, go ahead and make that move. So they're yeah. in a pretty tough position, but I would probably pull the trigger if I could get better pieces for Fred Hoiberg. I mean, you know, like I said, the way I look at it is if these guys are going to be leaving anyway, I don't really think the Bulls have what it's going to take to beat Cleveland right now. So really, where is this team going? You know, you're going to make the Eastern Conference playoffs. Maybe you get out of the first round. You know, you hook up with Toronto. Maybe you have a decent series, but I think Toronto beats them. Or you hook up with Cleveland on the other side, and you're probably losing four or five games. And, you know, then you then you watch Powell and Gibson walk for nothing. So for me, if you can get something out of them, um, you know, the fans might not be happy about it. But in the long run, it's probably the best move for them to, to go ahead and do something like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So, um, there, Pagasol should be a likely ca- trade candidate. I just don't know if the Bulls are willing to sort of take the, you know, season ticket and playoff ticket hit by unplugging players that you know they need to have any sort of chance in the playoffs. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what what ends up happening there. But this is the absolute spot to do it now with no joking Noah, no Jimmy Butler. And uh, you know the the the, the amounts of injuries that they currently have on this roster, which, and like we said, the pieces don't exactly fit either. So, yeah, um, another another guy who has an expiring contract that they said is very likely to move on because he's not going to resign is um, Danilo Gallinari, who I think is very interesting because he's a guy that can put some points up on the board, play a little bit of de- defense. I think there's a lot of playoff teams out there that would like him. You know, Gallo the question would be is, perfect for like Cleveland. You know, in my mind that you yeah, cause like yeah. another guy that can sort of play the three, play a little bit of the four, shoot the three at a very high level, can get a little bit of a, his own shot and score. He is actually the perfect, one of the perfect guys that they would sort of be looking for. The only problem is, is like, what do you do? Trade Timothy Mozgov back <laughs> to, to Denver. I just don't know what they can give back aside from the trade exception. Yeah. You know, like I mean, basically, basically, that's the 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 reasoning or the the word out of Denver right now is that they're looking for big men help. I don't think, um, you know, Mike Malone really likes the big guys that they have. And I mean, we've seen it. They're rolling out, you know, Kenneth Fareed, who can have a big game every now and then, but he's really undersized for a power forward. You know, uh, Daryl Arthur, you know, he's nothing special at this stage of his career. You know, all the guys like Lavernier and, and Nurkic and Jokic and you know. Again, you know, none none of them are really stepping up and, and, and taking it. And we know that they have a guy like Will Barton who, you know, losing Gallinari to me doesn't really affect that team because you plug Will Barton in there and he's giving you he was giving you basically the same, if not better, than what Gallinari's giving you right now. So for me it makes a lot of sense for them to get rid of Gallinari. You know, the question is what can they bring back for him? Yeah, the, the, so I I agree with you there as well, and I actually like the the um, the secondary rumor that I saw paired them, which was I don't know if you saw this. It was Blake Griffin for um, Will Barton, Gallinari, um, Kenneth Fareed, and another player. I think it was like a four for one, and I was like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I would. Oh, I would Nikola do. Jokic, by the way, I was like, uh, Clippers have to snap on that. I know it's Blake Griffin, but like. That's yeah, a if huge the, haul, you know. Yeah, if the if the Clippers if the Clippers don't jump on that, that's pretty dumb. Because honestly, you know, there's rumors that they're shopping Blake right now. Anyway, there's a rumor floating around about Blake for uh, for Kevin Love straight up. So I would much rather have the haul that you just talked about, and that that fills so many holes for them because they yeah. have nothing at the forward spot right now. So you put Gallo and and Barton in there. You know, you got two more guys that can score. So. It's not all about, you know, Chris Paul and J.J. Redick as the, you know, number two scoring option. You know, Barton and uh, and Gallo can score. You throw guys like, uh, you know, who'd you say? 
Jokic, Jokic, Jokic and Jokic, Barton, Gallo, Kenfer Reed for Blake Griffin and Lance Stevenson. Yeah, that, I mean, Clippers, that, I'm begging for that deal. Yeah, know? that's four guys that you, the Clippers are already playing pretty good basketball right now without Blake Griffin, and that's four guys that you throw into your rotation. That's four guys that are in your top eight. It, like all four of those guys are going to get playing time on that roster if they come over. So, to me, that that's like almost a no brainer. And I mean, I know he's Blake Griffin and all, but it, you know, it seems like he's that. kind of. Yeah. yeah, it seems like he's kind of wore out as welcome anyway, and he's not, you know, he's not healthy right now. You put those four guys on your roster, that's a pretty big deal. You know, I think what it really comes down to for them, though, is, um, you know, Farid, I think, has a bad contract, so you might have to swallow some money on that for a couple years. You know, Gallinari could be could walk after this season as a free agent, and Barton, I don't know if he has another year or two on his contract, but you know he's playing on, like, some cheap rookie deal, and he's going to want to get paid in another year or two. So, you know, those guys, you may be letting Blake Griffin walk for, you know, looking two or three years down the line for Kenneth Fareed. And in that case, you know, if you're not trying to win, I mean, obviously they want to win now, but, you know, do we think that if they add those four guys, they can beat Golden State? I'm I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I actually, you know what, I, I think it might be a lot uh uh uh, maybe it's not smart for the future for them because Will Barton and Gallo could be two key pieces for them. And uh, it, it makes some sense to get rid of the Kenneth Ferrey contract, which is overpriced. And, uh, you know, Jokic to me is a guy I, I like personally. Uh, you know, I don't know why we we need to be necessarily one way or the other on them. I still think that personally, you know, Mike Malone, who I really like as a coach, is sort of doing the whole team a disservice by, you know, playing a three-man eight to 12 to 22 minute rotation between the three guys. How are you supposed to figure out who the best player is? If you know, one guy doesn't get to play more than three games at a time yeah. as a starter or all play I know minutes. is, you know? yeah, all I know is I've seen Jokic put up some pretty big games in the last two weeks. And then all of a sudden he drops down to like 12 minutes, the last game or two before the all-star break. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good to me out there. So I don't know. I mean, I know they don't like him all that much. I know that, you know, like you said, if it was me, I would have him playing. He was played 30 minutes in a couple of those games, came up with double-doubles, you know, scored 12 or 14 points. He can pass the ball pretty well for a big guy, was getting like four assists a game. I mean, you know, those are kind of elite-level numbers, so I don't know why they're they're not giving this guy more of a chance. But, you know, again, that's just another one of the rumors that's thrown out there. Um, let's see, who else did we talk about here? Um, you know, there's a couple other teams that, you know, are are on the verge right there. Like, obviously, anything that gets done during this All-Star break, um, you know, between now and, and the trade deadline, you're going to hear the Boston Celtics name in there because they have what everybody wants. They have the expiring contracts, you know, guys like David Lee. Um, you know, they have pieces at every position that they could throw in there on the deal. You know, guys who are solid rotation players, if not, you know, a, a above average guys that you would throw in. Um, and they have all the draft picks. So, any of these big deals that are going to get done, you got to think that the Boston Celtics are going to be involved. Um, you know, guys like uh, like Brooke Lopez and, and Thad Young from the Nets are other names that are being thrown about on the, you know, on on the market right now. And Boston does need a center. So with guys like Dwight Howard and Horford and, and Brooke Lopez out there, you know, do you think there's some kind of move that Boston could make with all those draft picks and every all the, the other assets they have to bring in a center during this uh, trade deadline? You know what? They should, in my mind, because this is a team that's sitting here with a three seed, 
And it, you know they they I don't think they actually have the uh, enough offensive p- firepower to beat Cleveland right now. So I to me adding a Brook Lopez or adding a uh, like an mm-hmm. Al Horford or somebody to that roster right at the top when they, especially with the instability they have at the power forward. You know they don't love their power forward and their center position when they're sort of doing the exact same thing that Denver has to do, which is rotate guys and play everybody about 15 to 20 minutes because you don't feel great about anybody as a 30 minute starter. So clearly there's a need in a hole there and. You know, when they're n- your number two score, like, rotates day-to-day between Avery Badley, Jay Crowder, and Jared Sullinger, you know, you also have a, a specific need there as well. So they play great defense. They have an all-star in, all- in Isaiah Thomas and a legit score. You just need to pair him with somebody who can be a factor. And I think that Brooke Lopez would make a lot of sense. The question is, is do they want to pay that price? Uh, you know, it's a big uh, contract, yeah. It, it is. And here's the other issue that you have is, uh, you know what, uh, I, I think Danny Ainge has sort of had this composition of like young talent picks uh cap space you know now they have the expiring contract with with, uh with david lee they've had basically a lot of the pieces to make it work and and get the player they want they never end up uh, pulling the trigger for one reason or another i think they like their players a little bit too much and they sort of shoot for the moon in terms of what they think they can get back i think that you know ever since danny ainge pulled the trigger on the huge you know uh Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and 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 every uh, and uh, Ray Allen all to uh, the the Boston Celtics in one fell swoop. He feels like he can just recreate the big three again somehow in a, in a, in another capacity, and it's not happening this time. They have a different roster composition. They have a different coach, and um, I, I don't think you can you're going to be able to gouge teams like you used to be able to and just find people who are like, yeah, okay, we'll take some, we'll take whatever because we just want we're not competing and we need to start over. You know, give us a pick or something like that, and you know, here's here's our best player, Kevin Kevin Garnett. Here you go. So, so um, what do you what do you think it would take? Because I actually agree with you. I think Brooke Lopez would be a great fit for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. What do you think it would take for them to pry Lopez from the Nets right now? Definitely a pick, since um, Brooklyn doesn't have one for the first round mm-hmm. uh, this year, and probably uh, like a couple players with upside, maybe. Um, it's, who who do they draft this year? That's basically is it Rozier who's getting like next to no playing time? Who could who could who could be? Uh, I think they have James Young who's also not getting any playing time. Maybe one of those two options. I I think they would actually probably have to come off somebody they don't want to come off of too, like maybe Marcus Smart uh, as I, well. I don't I, I don't think I would do that for them. Well, Smart and a first rounder. I don't because you're, you're basically giving them away two first round picks right there. Well, you know what though, and uh, and I like Marcus Smart. And he's a great fit for that rotation, but the. You know what? You got to give up something to get something. I don't think that Boston really just wants to, or the Brooklyn just really wants to say, "Yeah, we'll we'll take a pick and hope that it works out." You're, you're going to have to juice up the deal uh, a, a little bit to get that deal done. See, so. I think I think that's also part of the strategy for Boston right now, though, is they know they're going to be one of the few teams that has money to spend. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the the reason why Ainge is not jumping to do anything is, you know, he's basically like, "Hey, listen, you guys are all trying to trade these guys because you know you you know you're not going to be able to resign them." And we're going to be one of the few teams sitting out there with money. So why am I going to overpay for him now for six months when, you know, in the summer, I'm going to be the only guy that can pay him anyway if I really want him. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. But you know what? The other thing, too, is like, you know, maybe they have some more ammunition now that they're the number three seed. But they have gone through um, for multiple years now and sort of just airballed free agency. 
for yeah, nobody's Ooh. really wanted to go to Boston. Maybe it's a different issue now when they come in with a much stronger team and you know cap space and the NBA cap expanding for for next season. They just haven't done well in the recruiting process for for hooker by crook. And you know, I don't know if that's actually going to get any better for them personally. Well, yeah, you know, you talk, take a look at some of the the options that are going to be available to teams. There's only to me like a handful of teams that people who are like legitimate factors, like top fight players in free agency, want to potentially go to and to, to sort of grab a ring. And that's like Cleveland, uh, o- Oklahoma City, depending if Kevin Durant leaves. If Durant leaves, I don't know if the, the you may be able to exclude them. Golden State, uh, to a lesser extent, the Spurs and, and the Clippers. And then, you know, that's really it. I think there's one team in the East and three or four in the West. And so Boston's mm-hmm. on the outside looking in right now. So they maybe they need to take a harder look at uh, pulling off a trade that could actually make some sense for them. Yeah, so that's uh, that's basically what I got on the uh, you know on the trade fund. That's a lot of the big news that's being kicked about. You know, I'm sure we'll hear a bunch of other names in the next couple of days, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it'll it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know see who finally does pull the trigger and you know which big names wind up switching. And you know, next week we can talk about what kind of impact that'll have for fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're we're um, right here in the in uh, with the last few minutes of the show, but we're we're going to talk about some second half predictions. But before we do that, we have to let everyone know that if you haven't joined the season long action or, or daily action all season long here at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire, you now is a great time to do so. So with daily fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whatever you want. Pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS to play for free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. All right, before we head out of here, Benny, I want to get a, a couple of your takes here on some potential breakout players here. And um, you know what? Rather than uh, ask you for a couple targets here, I'm going to make it very easy. Okay, what I'm going to do is just compare preseason to current rank, and you can say uh, arrow trending up, can't keep, you know, doesn't keep it up, it's gonna go down. You like, you like them for the second half, or you don't like them. This is what I, I guess I'll say. Okay. Okay. Entering the the uh, preseason, came in with a rank of 64 overall, currently ranked 10th. The big cat, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, yeah, how can you not like this kid right now? Um, you know, the big problem, not even really the big problem, but the issue that people were worried about in the preseason was how much is he going to play? And early on in the year, it was, uh, you know, a true worry. They have a, a lot of big guys over there in Minnesota. But, you know, with um, Pekovic being banged up again and, and Kevin Garnett playing, you know, one every three or four games at this point, you know, him and uh, and Gorgie Dang have been seeing huge, huge minutes for that team. And, the numbers that Towns has put up over the course of, let's say, like the last three weeks or so, you know, I mean, he's clear-cut number one option for Rookie of the Year in my mind right now. Um, you know, Okafor might have came out the gate a little bit stronger, but he is he's been left in the dust at this point. I mean, Towns is a legitimate, you know, double-double guy every night that can score 20 points. He can step out and hit the jump shot. He can do some damage inside. You know, he needs to stop fouling a little bit. He, he He's still a little bit foul-prone right now early in his career, but... You know that'll come as he gets older. I mean, what is he only twenty years old, the kid? So yeah, I'm I'm happy with him. I think that I don't know if the arrow's going up from tenth overall where he is right now, but he's definitely going to finish the year higher than sixty four where he started. So yeah, uh, I I totally agree with you there as well. All right, so um, w- one thing I'm going to say here about Carlton Towns, the only concern I have about him is 
you know, whether or not he runs out a little bit of gas here, so sort of in the second half of the season. I think that he's performed well in a, in a really good spot. The question is, um, the, you know, does he sort of peter out as the the last, you know, 15 to 20 games come on and you see the, the production fall off like a lot of rookies, or is he mm-hmm. able to continue to get stronger? I think 10 is very tough. To, to maintain top 10 status and on 30 minutes a game is very, very tough. It just shows you how good he's been. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's probably a lock for a little bit of a regression. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he hangs around in the, in the top 20 for the rest of the season. All right. Yeah, I like I said, I feel like he drops a little bit. 10, 10 is pretty tough to maintain, but he's mm-hmm. definitely not going to drop below the 64 he started. So he's definitely going to be somebody who gave you upside. All right. Um, two more names here. Jay Crowder ended up with a, uh, started out the season with a rank of 132, currently ranked 23rd overall in season-long leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's the one guy on the Celtics that has gotten consistent minutes. I think the thing you really got to be concerned with is what they're going to do, you know, at the trade deadline. Are are they going to bring in somebody? Are they going to trade? Like, if they get rid of, you know, Marcus Smart or Evan Turner or Avery Bradley, you know, he splits minutes with Turner right now a lot of the time. So if one of those guys leaves and Turner gets more minutes at the shooting guard spot, you know, that could even give him or solidify his minutes a little more for the second half. So, again, he's a guy, 23rd is pretty high. You know, he did have a very good start to the season. He's starting to play a few less minutes in some of their recent games now. So I don't think he stays up. I think he drops from that 23rd spot. Um, But I don't think he drops past, like, the top, you know, maybe 50 or 60 unless something drastic happens. So I think he's got more. I don't think he's going to have a second half as good as his first half. But I definitely think that he's well above the 132 where, you know, his his draft rank was. All right. Fair enough. I, I That's a very fair assessment. And part of this is going to sort of shake out to base to see what Boston does with the trade deadline. Because if they acquire a big three like, you know, Carmelo, which I don't think is necessarily likely. But if their roster composition changes, his role could potentially change there as well. But he doesn't need to score a ton to be a, a player who has value. So mm-hmm. I think he's fairly safe. 23rd is a little strong for me. I think I'm feeling about the same. He could drop 10 or 20 spots, but still, still somebody be somebody who's super useful in your season-long leagues and in DFS uh, for the rest of the way. The last guy I want to mention here, too, is the one who had one of the biggest rank jumps from O-rank to current rank on the season, and that's uh, your boy in mind, Will Barton. Uh, start out the season ranked 216, currently ranked 49th overall, playing 28 minutes a game, still coming off the bench, still in my mind the best player on the Denver Nuggets and being mismanaged by Mike Malone uh, in this spot. So uh, your thoughts on Will Barton and whether or not he can sustain a top 50 ranking the rest of the way. Yeah, I think with the current minutes that he has right now, he still can sustain it. I think, though, that as we were talking about earlier in the show, I think Gallo is going to wind up getting traded, and I think it's very easy for them to trade him because you can slide Barton right into those minutes and right into that spot. So, you know, if and when that does happen, I think his role is going to, going to increase. And for me, that could mean he gets up into the top 30, 35. You know, I saw a stat the other day right before the All-Star break where he is up there in, like, the top three or four in the league for – shots taken in the fourth quarter so they're basically trusting him enough to you know let him be the guy down down the stretch at crunch time already so I mean it's only a matter of time before he does get in that lineup and with us knowing that they're looking to shop Gallo because he's in the last you know couple stages of his uh expiring contract I wouldn't doubt that we got a much bigger role from Barton in the second half here um so I definitely think there's a lot of upside there I would be buying all right, so you think he can maintain top 50 value even? I think he actually, if Gallo gets traded arrow way up and you're like, oh, yes, we're, into, we're talking about mm-hmm. another top 30 player, 
uh, mm-hmm. rest of the way because he was scoring and producing at such a high clip, especially when Gallo's out of the lineup. So, yeah, I'll be keeping big tabs on what happens with um, you know, Gallinari close to the trade deadline and see how far up the arrow can go on Will Barton if they end up pulling the trigger there as yeah. well. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one at you before we go here. All right. Um, how, how high do you think the second half upside is for Zebo? knowing that Gasol is likely out for the year now. Oh, definitely arrow up, but I don't think that he's ever a guy that was going to go like go from like 19 and 10 to like 27 and 14 or something like that. Yeah, like no, I don't think that either. Yeah. Yeah, he just never takes enough volume overall and, you know, uh, Memphis still plays snail ball. Uh, so, you know, you never you're you're always going to still see the, you know, team totals in the 180s and 90s for them with or without Marcus Gasol, but I think it's definitely arrow up, you know, add tack on two rebounds and give him an extra two, three points per game. So if stock goes up, it just doesn't, it's not skyrocketing uh, the, the, the way that some people necessarily think because Marcus Ola is out of the lineup. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my, my current thought. All right, and uh, that's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball for uh, today, for Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, enjoy the rest of your um, hockey action, I guess. <laughs> we do actually have a... College uh, basketball, baby. Oh, Come yes. On. I'm sorry. Yes, college basketball. Yes. Um, uh, although, I play, although I have been playing hockey, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've been seeing some hockey tweets, and I was like, um, somebody stop this guy talking, tweeting about uh, DFS hockey. Like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> I was like, he's like, I don't know much, but it seems like you could do pretty well playing this guy. And I was like, uh, I mean, he keeps winning me money. I'm not going to yeah. stop putting him in my lineup. I'm going to, well, you should use the hashtag all star DFS tweets from many. Okay. That's it. <laughs> it's like there's no NBA to talk about. So take some stabs on some hockey guys. All right. Yes. On, and by the way, speaking of hockey, we actually have a, a Rotowire DFS hockey podcast coming up, I believe, this Friday there as well so um stay tuned for that stay tuned for some more fancy basketball action throughout the week and we also have the rotowire defense podcast coming to you live stream google hangouts a podcast and youtube channel for the official rotowire uh youtube spot there as well thanks for listening everybody don't forget to follow benny on twitter at benny r11 check me out on twitter at josh hayes fs and we'll see you next time Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.